want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why, hello, and welcome to issue 693 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran, coming to you live from the Guardian Game Studios. And I'm Binarita, also live inside of Guardian Games. And I am Cable Hajitani. I am technically a lich, so... <laughs> you are not, unalive. I am unalive, also still coming to you from the Guardian Game Studio. Excellent, That's right. Excellent. And he has knowledge of the Twilight baseball game. <laughs> As observed by the Oregonians, uh, one time Mike Russell. Yeah. Um, still a artist in Portland, Oregon, and long distance runner, I believe. He is, um, last I checked. I think he had some surgery. He did. And of course, uh, eternal point of lust for Byron Beck. Yeah. But, well, I, mean, I think that was a bit. Either way. Was it? I mean, a lot of what Byron does is, is a bit. Yeah. But, um, I, th- I think some of those feelings were real. I, I mean, mean, sure. Mike is kind of dreamy. He's a sweet spirit. He's a nice guy. He is. Um, no, but I realized that sounded really catty. He's a sweet spirit. No, he's a Mike. He's a great. He's a nice guy. Like, oh my god, someone's gonna go on the fucking Twitter. Like, do you know that Duran's got beef with Mike? No, <laughs> we've always gotten along fine. We're great. He's great. No, no, you you did catch yourself. So I know. I, I realize someone that... is a sweet spirit is like, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. Maybe worse. Is that the Northwestern equivalent of bless your heart? Mm. I don't, oh, I don't, know, I don't is... know that it's Northwest specific. Yeah, I feel like sweet spirit's a very more generic one. Yeah. Maybe I, I West feel like Coast? It's, maybe. Maybe. But I, I've only ever lived on the West Coast, so it's hard for me to judge. Um, I there... always kind of thought of it as like a, oh, no, no, I'm thinking of uh, Stay Sweet in your books. Oh, okay. Oh, I never had that. I always had the. Oh, what were the two things I used to get most in my yearbooks? It was um, stay cool, stay cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one's an eternal one. The one that went like for like two years was really fashionable, at least in last and high. Wait, wait, can I guess? Yeah, do it. Was it too cool to be forgotten? No, but one or two people did that. I hate it so much. No, what was it? It was fun. It was real, but it wasn't real fun. Oh, that's huh. the one. Yeah. Huh. I got. Uh, God, I don't remember because I actually destroyed all my yearbooks before I moved to Portland. Wow. I think my mom still has mine. I have no desire to hang on to them. I yeah. I I toss them all in the dumpster. Multiple? You do? Did you do one every year? I think I only have one. 
Oh, I had one every year. And then before I moved to Portland, I just, I checked them all. I, I destroyed or got rid of so much of my own personal memorabilia before I moved to Portland because it was nothing I wanted to carry with me. That's a good Literally point. or figuratively. Yeah, I guess I kept, I kept some newspaper clippings because I was really like proud of the stuff I did in theater, which I guess in a way is kind of like the high school quarterback that like fucking still keeps the touchdown headline or whatever. But it was just like, sure. it wasn't like that was where I had peaked. It was good memories. And to this day, the theater program of my high school is still my only real good memory of high school that I can look back fondly of and tell stories about that don't make me cringe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, uh, my memorabilia for my hometown fits in a shoebox. Okay. <laughs> well, it it's not that I. Yeah. Oh, this is a completely off tangent thing, but that, like I just I went through a period oh. of time <laughs> for sorry. about a. Uh, that was almost the worst link to give. Oops! I almost gave the the link I send you guys to join the stream. Oh no! Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Although been, you you're you're the host. So I mean, fuck it. Make it, a, make it a party. Bam. Who wants to host the show Bam. with us? Whoop, 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 whoop. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. You were saying. Sorry. I was saying that I I went through a period of reinvention. Um, for, I feel like what was it, over a decade where I was just. Reinventing whoever I was over and over and over and over again. I did that for about a decade. It was just like having my life get fucked up every couple of years and having to start over. Hey! I'm... See, the, I, I think that was... I mean, granted, most of this just... Most people just refer to this as it was your 20s. Um, but sometimes we're older when that happens. Sometimes. No, but when it happens a lot, like in, oh, in the right. short succession, uh, that, that's a younger person's thing, I guess. At, at some point, you I don't know, you figure out your shit or you figure out the right people to have in your life so that that doesn't keep happening to you. In theory. In theory. In theory. Yeah. And I know that that's not the case for everybody. Some fucking weirdos not only marry their high school sweetheart, but like are still happy together in their forties. I'm like, you're a fucking weirdo, but good for you. I don't understand. I mean, if it works for them, it works. If for it them, works great. for them, yeah. Uh, I knew a guy that that's kind of what he did. I mean, he had a crush on her through high school and didn't say anything until they were in their mid twenties. Like mm-hmm. that's when he finally, you know, they, neither of them had left the town and. Even when we were in high school, when we were talking about what we want to do in our lives, he was like, I'll stay here, get a nice job, maybe at the prison, raise a couple of, like, that's what he wanted to do. Weird. And, you know, some people might say that is a lack of ambition, and maybe, but also it could just be. Oh, there we go. There's examples of that in the chat. Oh, see, see look at that. You're, you're calling Congra- our. Congratulations, weirdo. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, look at that. You're calling our listeners weirdos. Our listeners are weirdos. I, that's why they listen to us. That's yes, why they listen true. to um, us. I, my bass sounds fantastic. <laughs> it does. Uh, once I was in my 20s, I learned about these guys that had that I had had crushes on in high school. Turns out that they had also had crushes on me, but no one fucking pulled a fucking trigger. Um, and uh, long story short, I wish I'd never learned that information. Yeah. I, I never learned that information. I moved. So did I. 
like, uh, like, it, and also it didn't go back. I didn't contact people. My one failed uh, attempt at reconnecting like that was trying to go back to my 20 year high school reunion. Mm-hmm. I was a week early. Whoops. So you had a lot of fun. Darn. I did. I, yeah. I actually did. Um, because I, I took Merrick and we had been dating for maybe two months at this point. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to go to a road trip with me across Eastern Oregon, into Eastern mm-hmm. Oregon and do this? Uh, we ended up just staying with my uncle and he had an above ground pool. It's hot. So Sweet. We just, we just swam. Swam and drank the entire time. It was great. Fantastic. Let's go do that now. My okay. high school reunion, my 20 year reunion should have been last spring, uh, you know, a year ago. Um, no, but there was no. Are you reached out to you? Do you I know mean, why? Because Be- I've moved 70,000 times since I left because high school. Because they, they start doing it all through Facebook. Yeah. And I am not on any Facebook groups, yep. uh, IRT high school. I got invited to the fifth, which is weird. Who goes to a fifth year high school reunion? People who peaked in high school. I guess. <laughs> and then I got, I've never been to one. I've been in, I was invited to the 10th. I heard about the 20th, but even, even the year I graduated, my graduating class, it was notoriously the laziest, could not give a fuck. We do not care class mm-hmm. that I think that high school had ever had. Like Ryan's in the chat. He can probably back this up. You know how like in high schools, like usually the senior class like wins all the the spirit rallies because it's like it's their time, whatever that kind of shit. We never did. Ever. We lost. The senior class lost everything. Whenever there was like, let's it freshmen cheer, sophomores cheer. You know, class of 99 seniors cheer. It was like, <laughs> like we just didn't give a shit. Like nobody in that class fucking cared. Um, which would explain a lot because I feel like the year my my graduating class has the least amount who stayed and or went back to Susanville. Mm. It was like a whole class. It was like, nope, <laughs> we're done, we're gone. Uh, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I kind of assumed that if there had been a reunion they would have sent something to my home of record which would be my parents house they still live there yeah it, i guess it yeah. always depends on who the person is is doing this or the group of people doing it if they're people that you didn't get along with or did, you weren't on their radar in no, high school no you know what i'll tell you what it is sure is maybe they did put more work into telling people about this reunion, assuming it happened, it was a year ago. I don't know. Maybe. Well, no, it's fucking Phoenix. They didn't give a shit about the pandemic. <laughs> um, but. Did you know you can rate your high school nobody on Facebook? Fucking, nobody fucking knew me. I, I changed high schools a year and a half before graduation. So, you know, I oh. developed fuck all for relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't I wasn't in any clubs or teams, really. So who the fuck even knew I wasn't there? Nobody. We know. I'm going to go on their Facebook page and give them a review. You can review your school. Do you recommend? No, I don't. All right. Well, one, you... one star. <laughs> <laughs> Says this 40 oh. something year old man who doesn't go here. Yep. That's he fine. Does, he doesn't even go here. Doesn't even go here anymore. <laughs> yeah. He definitely can't eat with us. <laughs> That's right. Well, we had open campus. You didn't have to. You could just leave whenever you want. Nice. Yeah. 
Not that I did. I had to go through D&D books. <laughs> we had up in campus, but you couldn't do it until you were, I think, at least a junior. I think your freshman year, you weren't supposed to leave campus, but also For they sure. didn't they didn't check. Mm. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, this is flashback talk or whatever. Yeah, clearly. Good times. Old, old folks talk. On old folks time. So what are we actually going to talk about on the show tonight? We're going to talk about old folks. Picardus. We're going to talk mean, about and we're going to talk about all our space daddies. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like daddies, daddies, just, you know, our, our, the, the space fathers that we uh, all galactic father figures, how's that? And mothers very, and very whatever. Very nice, very yeah, nice. Riker is still a part of this equation, so yeah, that could true. have meant the other thing as well. Good point, good point. Uh-huh. All right, <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that separately. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to talk about Picard season three and season three of The Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Was it four? Yes. Yeah, and season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah, the, the trick is, is there was that episode episode and a half episode and a half that was the mandalorian in the middle of boba fett so yeah. everyone's like oh it's been four seasons no it hasn't no. It, it's been, there was season one season two season 2.5 and then season three by right. the way you better make galactic father figures the name of the episode or i will be upset oh well uh let me email myself i mean i've already <laughs> named it the live one i can't fix that that's fine <laughs> Ooh, They're all live. Picard and the Mandalorian makes it sound like it's a, a CBS um, special movie of the week. Oh. <laughs> Get ready for Picard and the Mandalorian. Thursdays at 7. Dangerous. Dangerous. Two. Why not? Driving a Barracuda. That's right. Goddamn right he's driving a Barracuda, but with nacelles. Yep. Space Barracuda. (laughs) (laughs) Space Acuda. Getting into adventures. Barracuda. Great. You guys got... This is the show now. One last. Which one do we want to go with? Do we want to go in order? Like, Mando was first. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah. Make sure that we've all watched it. Yes. yes. Yeah. By the way, yes. this is going to be super spoilers. I don't want to get a fucking like comment like, "Hey, I listen to the show." Spoilers. I'm like, okay. It's Spoil- in the title. Spoiler warning now. If you haven't watched these shows yet, press pause on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Go watch them. Come, come back. Yes. If you're listening live, I don't want you to go away, but you're now listening at your own risk. But you're pot committed. Yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't remember the part where Bo-Katan dies, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Please don't know. leave us. That's, that's going to be real hard. <laughs> anyway, so, like, we can talk season finale and a little bit of how we felt about the whole thing. Yeah, we can do like, the yeah. whole theme and stuff. I mean, this was... Because I feel like we ought to also touch on the the thing that made it a bunch of... I shouldn't say a bunch. It made a section of the fan base mad. Okay. Which was the appearance of Lizzo and Jack Black. People were mad at that? Oh, yeah. Some yeah. people just don't want joy in their life. Yeah, that's, yes. it. that's, what, that's it just what it comes down to. Like, if you had a modicum of fame, and that fame made either Dave Filoni or John Favreau call you up and say, hey, you want to be in a Star Wars 
Are you going to say no? Fuck yeah. no. Nobody fucking no. says no to that. Don't lie. Also, at this point, you should just know that that cameos are a thing now. They just are. So if you're still watching and you're mad about the cameos, I think that's on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. did it take me out for a split second? Sure. Sure. Yeah. But it's but just whatever. a good time show. That That is the only complaint that I've heard that I'm like, I can get behind. It took me out of the show. I'm like, okay. It's like yeah. they are so famous that I suddenly was went, wait, why Why is there a Lizzo in my Star Wars? Why is right. there Jack Black in my <laughs> oh, Star Wars? There's a, there's a it's like, yeah. this, is, this is very confusing. It's like, great. Now that you've got that out of your system, go rewatch the episode and go, hey, they were actually talking about some very important points <laughs> that don't get touched on in Star Wars enough, which is droid rights, mm-hmm. yeah. imperial reparations, <laughs> Mm-hmm. What an actual society looks like if you automate all jobs of menial <laughs> importance and everyone suddenly has time on their hand. Let's talk about those things, huh? <laughs> right. Also, no one got all butthurt when they saw Christopher Lloyd because that, everyone loves Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd is a longtime character actor, so we just go... That's true. Eh. Mm. Yeah. I actually talked to people who were like, that was Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. One, yes, he ages. Right. <laughs> Unlike Paul Rudd. I think it and- was, I think, and this kind of, like, it made me tear up really quickly, but, like, as everyone knows, I tear up at everything. Um, after his appearance on The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, ILM did a really sweet, like, post on their site, and then they tagged to it, showing every time they've worked with him, and they're, like, the growth of ILM has been with Christopher Lloyd. He has been with us with every technological breakthrough we've ever been, we've ever done. He has been there and we love growing old with him. And I'm like, you jerks. That's fantastic. Because they have, if you think about it, he has been there for every one of their big breakthroughs, like filming technology wise. He's been there. Okay. That makes sense. It's like, oh, okay. That's sweet. That is very sweet. Yeah. Um, Also that episode felt, it actually felt like a classic Clone Wars episode. It did. It very much did. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I, I think either America, I said that to the other one while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. It's like, does this feel like, yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go to this planet to do a thing. Well, we'll help you with this thing, but can you do this thing for us? Yeah, we'll do this thing. We discover a new thing and all the things wrap up at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very video game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I, I loved how the se- season finished um with the season finale mm-hmm. uh you could have laid pretty good odds that moff gideon was gonna meet his end mm. by the end of this episode like i knew he was dead the minute they mentioned grand admiral thrawn in his presence it's like oh they're gonna kill you this season <laughs> yeah because they don't although you want to hear the conspiracy yes so that moff gideon that dies doesn't have a mustache the only time we've seen a Moth Gideon without a mustache is Clone Cylinder Moth Gideon in the background. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think. I, I don't think so either, but those yeah. are fun. There are a lot of those. I, I, I'm like, no, we're. this is one of those things that's going to be pretty straightforward. You've got to kill Gideon off because Grand Admiral Thrawn is right. the actual next yes. real threat. I do love how, and I find a fell victim to this, how that episode was called Spies. Or the one before, yes. and they had set it up to where, like, that's the armor. Like, we have been dropping hints the whole time. And then when it clearly wasn't, 
I think it's either Filoni or Favreau said, no, it's called spies because that's a reference to a, a passage and teachings of the book of Exodus in which they are, you know, they are being led through the desert to, to, you know, to spy the promised land. They're like, that's why it's called that. We're like, you dicks. You, you did that on purpose just to fuck with us. Yeah, I did. Well I done. Didn't, I didn't think she was going to turn out to be a double agent. Yeah, I have never, like, I have always felt that the armor, everything they've been doing with the, the armorer, especially this season, is all a red herring. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I do want to address the, like, yes, she has secrets. I don't think we know what they are yet. The armorer? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though I think it's if I don't think they've said this, they intimated this though. I believe that the armor is Clan Saxon. You'd have to remind me of all that. Uh, so the the major clans were Clan Vizsla, Clan Crease, Clan Wren, and right. Clan Saxon. Clan Vizsla, we were introduced during the Clone Wars. That was pre Vizsla, right? Played by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um. And Pre Vizsla tried to take the throne of Mandalore forcibly from Clan Kreese. Because that... Bo Katan's sister was the queen. This would have been the Clone Wars. Uh, Satine. Is that, I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's the thing that Satine happens Kreese, in, yes. in mm-hmm. Clone Wars that, uh, that uh, Obi Wan and Ahsoka go to Mand- yeah. Mandalore mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that whole thing. Like, Pre is when we first see the dark saber, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, Clan Wren is Sabine and her family. Mm-hmm. Clan Saxon shows up during the siege of Mandalore, which is the end of Clone Wars, where Osaka uh, Ahsoka is asked to return <clears throat> by Bo-Katan because Maul has usurped the throne through the help of Clan Saxon, and. All of Clan Saxon has now repurposed their army so it's all red and black and all of the helmets have horns. Gar Saxon was the leader of Clan Saxon. Um, And when that all went down, they they put him in a hole. (laughs) Like they, they stopped Maul, they overthrew Saxon's clan. There is a theory that the armorer was from Clan Saxon. Oh, which okay. is why her helmet has horns. Mm. Um, so that the... that could be the thing that they reveal next season is, oh, she's from Clan Saxon. That's why it was so important to her to bond with Bo-Katan to, again, heal those wounds. Because that's all this has been about. Yeah, you're the one that can bridge both sides. Yep. Mm. Like that, that's why it was so important about uh Paz Vizla, um, including him in the storyline. Is when he like he was the the heavy gunner, went out like a boss, yeah, yeah, he did. did. Fuck yeah, I did. Um, oh, they gave him a proper Mandalorian death, they did that was fantastic. He'd already thrown down against all the other troopers, and it took three Praetorian guards to do it, yeah, to take him down together, (laughs) yeah. Um, but his whole thing of like. Like, I met, like, Bo-Katan Kreese saved the son of the House of Vizsla. The House of Vizsla, Paz Vizsla, publicly goes, oh, I'm going to follow her. Whatever she does from this point. Because he's the first one, right? Yeah. Or is it, mm-hmm. or is it Mando? Well, I mean, Mando I mean, stands up and says all this stuff. 
And, but of course, everyone's like, well, of course you're going to follow. Yeah. And, and Paz Vizzle gets up and goes, I'd like to say some words about these fucking people. Follow them. Yeah, he's like, I think <laughs> like, he says like, oh, they saved my son. I am going. Yeah. He's like, I, I had problems with this. By the way, I, I we've think, had problems with this. Remember when they're like, you need to train these. Do we not take in younglings with those little bird thingies? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they were eating one of them in the last episode. Probably. Nah. You do what you can. You know what? Sometimes. Like, the galaxy is an ugly, mean place. It is. You know what? People got to eat. That's, that's right. A, those were, that's a lot of Mandalorians to suddenly, you know, find that's true. For. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's one of the, the theories floating out there is she is from clan Saxon mm. and it's having all of these clans back together to show that, you know, we are really bringing back Mandalore. Right. So, and I, I think, I know that was her, that was one of the complaints this season is that it wasn't a lot of, Din Djarin. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's called The Mandalorian, but like the story has to evolve. It's not like he's not in his own story. And it sure. really is it is was it always meant to be his own story just because we've assumed that? Um I think too, um none of the events that happened in season three or in the finale would have happened. If he had not been out there in season one, yeah, taking jobs, right. doing things for his culvert, right. like, like they have made a nice through line. It's like if Din had never met Grogu, we would not be in this position now. Yeah, no, he'd still be out there doing just random jobs. Yep. Yeah, he took very specific side jobs, uh, you know, like side quests, uh, because he was trying to help mm-hmm. the baby. Because he and. And then, and then he ended up meeting a lot of people that he otherwise wouldn't have. And not only that, but I don't know. Everyone comes together for a baby. So rather than well, those side quests having been more transactional, people become more invested in his situation. Yeah, and and thematically, when you think about it, this has always been the obvious path. A, he bonds with Grogu because he himself was a foundling. Mm-hmm. He understands mm-hmm. that, and that is the tradition of he believes it of his people. You, you find a foundling, you protect them. Yep. That's what we do. That's your kid. But by finding a foundling that is of the Jedi, he is also healing the wounds of the Mandalorians and the Jedi who used to be allies. Mm-hmm. And then we're pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. So his path since the first season, this is its inevitable next stage of, okay, we're not... We're not aggro against the few Jedi that are even still out there anymore. In right. fact, maybe it's them all realizing, oh, we all got played. All mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And we were the two most powerful forces out there pitted against each other. Yep. Um, let's fix that kind of thing. So it's been leading up to it. Um, I think we talked about this before, how some folks were annoyed that he just handed her the Darksaber. And I'm like, no, he didn't. He was hanging on to it. But by Creed... She earned it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The he, monster beat he him. He explained it when he did it. Yeah. I mean, the moment she he was she said something like, you can't give it to me. And he's like, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, good. Here it comes. Here comes the speech that I was hoping they were going to do. Mm. It, th- also, he wasn't that great with it anyyway. He didn't want it. Yeah. They, they, there's a lot of talk about why. it's, And it also gets into the history of the lightsaber within... Um, like the filming of of the show, and then 
also what George Lucas had wanted. George Lucas never wanted the lightsaber to be wielded one-handed. Those were always supposed to be two-handed weapons. Because he was inspired by samurai movies. Yes. And so he said there's a weight to them. There's a physical weight Mm -hmm. to lightsabers that um, is mirrored in the darksaber. The darksaber is very heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember he, he was training one time and he was like, it feels like it keeps getting heavier yep. because he's doing it wrong. And they kind of touched on that in Rebels when uh, Sabine was trying to learn how to use the Darksaber. Um, because she was being trained by a Jedi. And it's like, this feels weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's not the weapon that you think it is. This is not a fun, light, happy laser sword. Yeah. They're, it takes skill and yeah. finesse. And that's even, I don't know what it's like in the new role-playing game because I haven't really read a whole lot about it. And mm-hmm. I, from what I've read of the new, the new comics, it's also not treated this way. But again, like Ryan will back me up on this. The old West End Games RPG, of which most of those books came right from Lucas's notes. Mm-hmm. That's why when I watch the shows now, I recognize vehicles that most people haven't seen. I was like, I saw that. I saw that in Galaxy Guide 9, Tramp Freighters. I know exactly mm-hmm. what that ship is. Because <laughs> a lot of them are taken from like unused artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, from the original trilogy. And in the West End games, it just flat out says only Jedi, only force users should use lightsabers. They are dangerous in someone else's hands. They are more likely to kill themselves than to hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. They are dangerous if you do not have force sensitivity. They just are. They're not meant for you. <laughs> you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even in the rule book, they're like, if you're a non-force sensitive character and using a lightsaber, like the act of turning it on is already like the most difficult check you can make, let alone wielding the damn thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that that's being brought back a little yep. bit. Well, that makes sense because um, I don't know his full name. Pablo? Pablo Hidalgo. Pablo Hidalgo. Who has the coolest job in Lucasfilm. Is from West End Games. Yes. Like he was, yeah, Yeah. that's why there is a direct link between the West End game Star Wars RPG and everything we've seen in modern Star Wars. Yeah. Because he Um, works for them. Yeah. I did not. Or he worked for them. They don't exist anymore, but yeah. I think that's also why Dark Side and. He works for Star Wars. That's what I mean. Yeah. He act. He he, worked for West End. He worked for West End. Yeah. That's what I mean. And then came over to to Lucasfilm. I think that's also why a lot of the. The Inquisitors and the Dark Side adepts, why like their blades spin mechanically because mm-hmm. they're not really, and it makes sense. Vader and Palpatine are never going to treat, they're never going to train Dark Side adepts, or you know, they're never going to teach them completely. No, a it breaks the one, it breaks the rule of master and apprentice. You can have pawns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can learn some Dark Side powers. It's yep. Dress all in black. Um, I'll teach you. You know. A little bit of lightning. That's yep. it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to help you. Like, if you try to throw down with me, I'm going to wipe right. the floor with you. you Still know? why I love Asajj Ventress so much. Yeah. Because, like, I just, I love the fact that part of her character was like, man, fuck this. I'm out. This is a boys club. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I'm going no. back to my sister's house. Yes. And she did. <laughs> God, you know how badly I want a Witches of Dathomir? Uh. Yes, I do. I want a white, I want a Night Witches series so bad. Um, That's why I'm going to pick up Jedi Survivor. Apparently, you get to play her more. Oh, good. In the new one. I, I now want to go back and play uh, Fallen Order. Have you played it before? Never played it. It's good. 
It is actually legit. Good. Yeah, I I've seen the the end um, video where it's like, oh yeah, like I, I watched it with Matthew the other night. <laughs> like how Vader's terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah that that was the big surprise in the game in 2019. So people posted videos because it's like suddenly there's Vader. No one told you there was going to be Vader, <laughs> and you can't beat him. It's run. Like, yeah, the, the end boss is how fast can you get the fuck away from Darth Vader? Yeah, pe- <laughs> people kept trying to fight him. It's like, how do you beat him? It's like, you don't. it's Darth Vader. You can't beat him in this game. <laughs> so the only thing that you can do is run away. And if you don't do it fast enough, he's going to kill you. So like years ago, again, like Ryan and I did this full VR experience in downtown Disney mm-hmm. where you wear the helmet, you wear uh, like a chest plate and arm plate. So they mimic getting hit. Mm-hmm. you have this fake gun and you're meant to be rebels that are dressing as stormtroopers. I think you're on Mustafar. You're on as, Mustafar. Yeah. You're on Mustafar. And first off, it's really fucking cool. Like you look at your friend, you're like, and it changes your voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you, you fucking sound like stormtrooper. You have different colors. Like you're red stripe. He's got a green stripe or whatever. And it's fun, man. Cause you're like probe droids, shooting probe droids and you're being all cool. But like when you feel heat, they blast you with hot air or they blast you with cold air or mm-hmm. the plates rumble, whatever you're doing. And you're having a great time. And at the end, like all hell breaks loose, but you're like, hey, we got this man. Like we're ducking and you know, whatever shooting stormtroopers and you know, an Imperial goons or whatever. Then the place goes fucking dark. And all you hear is Mustafar, like the rumbling under you. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, and that fucking red lightsaber appears, you are legit terrified. <laughs> because then you're basically told to unload, and he's he's deflecting everything. And that's when you realize, oh, our point in the game now is to just run. Just get the and fuck even away. Then, he's a fake character. Darth Vader isn't real. I knew <laughs> consciously I was in a fucking video game, but my subconscious said, we're screwed. We're going to die this is the worst thing to ever happen the to second, me. Second to last scene in uh, Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, it is very effective. Vader is very effective when done properly. Yep. Yes. He's terrifying. Absolutely. And in, in the, the period between um, the Revenge of the Sith and um, A New Hope, He's just supposed to be the boogeyman. Yeah. Just use him lightly, and it's enough to scare everybody. Half the not even a big chunk of the Empire don't even actually believe he's real. He's yeah, just okay. someone that Moffs use the name to threaten people. Like you know, the Emperor is going to send Vader. Sure. And that's enough to get your battalion to straighten their act up. Right. Well, it's uh, it's sort of like a. <laughs> you want to read that? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Bex says uh, that her daughters are playing Lego Star Wars right now. And so the nine-year-old is trying to help people in whatever mission they're doing. The six-year-old just murdered 13 Jawas. uh, And the nine-year-old is yelling at her not to give in to the dark side. (laughs) Siths aren't good. Well, yes, this is true. This is true. Uh, They are snappy dressers. They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> For yes. a split second, I went, Jawas? No, they're not. Oh, Sith. Yes. No. Sith are snappy like dressers. Jawas dress very comfortably. Yeah. Um, Are we talking about that baby? Well, yeah. What do you want to talk about? 
Um, the way his first words are kind of the way he kind of says this is the way. I don't know that that's what I heard, but he definitely started using like some language of words. And he forced more now. Yes. He he what? He uses the force more now. Yes. Sure, sure. I mean that's yes, yes, yes. No. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, oh my no. God, that fucking robot. Yes. <laughs> he just became so fucking insolent. Like, yes. This isn't working for me. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you also see him, um, he gets, a, he's a little bit taller. Grogu? Mm-hmm. Like you can actually like a little bit. see a little bit of neck over his cowl hood so in thing. Two and years, he grew a quarter of an inch. <laughs> That's a lot for someone that like percentage wise. That's big. I guess that's true. Um, and then there's a scene where you see him walking, and like you can actually like see that like steps are happening as opposed to like just like his robe is shuffling across. That's the true. Floor. Yeah, he's he's growing up, mm-hmm. my baby boy. It was extra cute. I like this fight. I like this fight with the one with the kid who just now earned their helmet. Oh yeah, you know he's, he's like he can't figure it out until you know. You know, dad's like, this is what you have to do. Like, go ahead. You know, and it's like, no, no. Just... Sh- it's like go right ahead. Show him, show him what Uncle Luke taught you. That's <laughs> right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I noticed that even though he is using the force more, he, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember this scene with the, with the other kid, but to my memory, he never really uses it to attack. He only uses it to deflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most, the only time we've really ever seen him use it to attack was in the first epi- the first season when he starts to force choke. What's her name when she's when she's beating up dad? Yeah, that's true. He he's force choking her because she's she starts to like do the neck thing and Jin kind of freaks out. He's like, you know, kid, stop. And, no, she's friend. Yeah, Fine. friend. And he goes, oh, um. That was actually kind of the scary thing. That's the first time you ever see, well, Grogu use the Force ever, mm-hmm. and it's a dark side ability. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, is that foreshadowing or? Well, it is kind of because eventually, like Ahsoka says, like if you're not training him, he's dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. yep, he's just know. going to use these powers, right? Because how, a lot yeah, of the Jedi, a lot of the Jedi training isn't about how to use the Force. It's more like spiritual and like. When you should use the force. Moral, but yep. fa- but I actually hear Ryan saying it's all about control, control. You must learn control. That's it is the first power you learn in the West End game. It never made sense. It should have been sense instead of control. And then alter. Control sense alter. Okay. You know what? The one percent of people that got that are like, fuck yeah. Okay. It's me, Pablo Hildago, Ryan, and Eric Troutman. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so he just wrote sense. <laughs> I, I I did, I did enjoy like all the little bits with Grogu this season. I mm-hmm. felt like they were used to give appropriate levity to the show when it needed it. Because usually it was <clears throat> like, like giving him the IG eighty eight or IG eleven as a suit. To run around and just say, yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that was, I was on the floor laughing. Yes. But I think it's IG-12 now. It is IG-12. Yeah. Was IG-12. It's now back to being IG-11. Oh, okay. Because IG-12 was the exosuit. IG-11 is the actual droid. 
Wait, is the droid back? Did I miss something? He's just a suit now, right? No, he got rebuilt. Like, did I? Did you miss the very ending? I might. Was it like a post credits thing? No. Wait, wait. They finished rebuilding it. I, I, he I, stopped I being a suit. Go, I remember him going, "Oh, I just need that head." Yes, and he that, brought that... the head back, and had them put it together with the remaining parts of the body, and he was murder bot. And no, no, he, no, that's no. halfway. And that's then halfway they turned him back into IG-11, who is now the marshal of right. Navarro. Yes, yes. Okay, I guess I oh. I, I don't really know that's okay. when, hmm. when a, a droid has a designation and when it is changed and how it can go back. But that is what was that was what was implied. Wow, it's because they still haven't given droid rights. That's part of it. Yep. If people just listen to Lizzo and Jack Blackmore, they they really are going to have to track that one day. Like Star (laughs) Wars, one day is going to have the reckoning of that. Yes, they are. Um, I mean, they touch on it in Clone Wars, don't they? No, they probably touch on they probably touch on clone rights. They (laughs) they do touch on clone rights a lot. They're touching on clone rights in uh, Bad Batch. Bad Batch a lot. Yes. Oh, I still haven't I, watched that one. I just I, this, forgot, I forgot. It's heavy. This for me season. This is season four. Bad Batch, or is it also three? Neither. This is season oh, two. two. I guess with Bad Batch, they're shorter episodes, but they're longer seasons. That maybe that's yeah. why my brain it's, does that. It's because it's they're half hour episodes, so they're sixteen episodes right. instead of eight. Instead of eight. Um, so for me, the most recent season of Bad Batch starts really slow. Didn't really hold my attention. Mm. But then it kicks in, like around episode ten. Then it's for me, and then then it was on. Well, I think that might have been part of it. Is we watched the first episode, and then Christian was like, "No, let's watch this." You know, like every every night is like the the battle of what what the, what both people want to watch. So the first two episodes of season two of Clone Wars are a two parter. So like it's you one bad story, batch. bad batch. Yeah, yeah. Um, episode three, episode three is where they grabbed me mm-hmm. because it wasn't the bad batch. It was Commander Cody. Ah. Right. And Crosshair. Ooh. And this is the first time that we've seen Commander Cody since, you know, he tried to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith. Right. Not to be confused with Captain Rex. Yeah. Commander Cody. Okay. Okay. Uh So, like, that episode, when because we we started watching this season, and we're not all the way through it either, I've had the big thing spoiled for me, so I'm like keeping that out of my mouth. Um, oh, because she hasn't seen it yet, right? Right, and I don't know who else hasn't seen it yet, and it's a big fucking thing. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, the uh, the the episode with uh, uh, Commander Cody and Crosshair is Commander Cody kind of looking around <laughs> at the Empire, going, "I don't." I don't think I made the right decision. I don't think I had a decision to make, but now I think I, I haven't made the right decision. Right. And this isn't where I want to be. Yeah. They go on a mission together and um, Cody tries to resolve it in a way that makes sense for the character of mm-hmm. commander Cody and everything that we've known about him. Yeah. And it goes South and he leaves the empire. That is, that's wow. when C- Cody goes, fuck it. I'm out. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me. I had a weird. I was watching while well, I was watching Rogue One with you and with Denise and Christian mm-hmm. a few nights ago or whatever. And I had this moment of like, 
Because everyone's like, well, where did the Death Troopers come from? Like, they show up in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you see them. Then I'm like, not just the suit color, but even like they have a little brow over their helmet. I'm mm-hmm. like, those look like evolutions of Crosshair's uniform. Yeah, it does. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Are these fuckers like alt? Like, they're clearly tweaking with clones still. I think, are these the last? And they're replicas of Crosshair. Yeah. They don't really talk. They're completely loyal. They have no problem killing anyone they're told to kill. And they're, you know, better at everything. Yep. Anyway, that was me like, hmm, are they like the last shot at clones before they like forget it conscripts the whole Yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have much more. What What do you, do you think season four of Mando is just going to be all Bo-Katan? I don't know. I I like how season three ended. I, I like I them. That, that on... felt like a finale to me. I know that they were talking about like, you know, side quests, more side quests, like just, you know, mission of the week style mm-hmm. insinuation. But it also felt like the end. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of like jokingly call season four Mandalorians. Oh, uh, I found that ending kind of cool. I like the idea of Jin just like he's got his little cabin by the lake or whatever. He's putting mm-hmm. his feet up. Still won't take his helmet off. It's fucking weird. <laughs> and Grogu's like, playing with his food in the air. And it's just like very much the ending to a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, I tend to think that uh, our season four is going to be the Mandalorian is now Bo-Katan. I think so. I don't think we're done with, you know. Pedro Pascal, but if he's not, we might be. We we might be as a lead character in so much as he might be wanting to do other things. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it's going to become a much more ensemble show than yeah. The Mandalorian, which is also fine because I want more info about Bo-Katan. I want more stuff about the, the armor. armor. Mm-hmm. She's great. I like I, I like the idea of the show about rebuilding Mandalore mm-hmm. because. Yeah. I mean, on paper, both the Imperial Remnant of what's left and the New Republic may not think that's the coolest thing ever. Sure. Because most of the people running the New Republic are going to have some memories about, like, you know, the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War. If you're in your early 40s, you lived through all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're in a position of any power in the New Republic, chances are you grew up in war of which the Mandalorians were a big fucking part of it. Mm-hmm. So you might, you know, you may not like the idea of these folk getting back together and rearming and fixing their planet and returning to the old ways, as sure. it were. Yeah. Unless it, especially since, well, that might actually provide a balance to the other two forces. Right. That's sorely needed. But yes. Anyway. Uh, Beck says that there isn't any confirmation on Pedro having been signed up for a season four, so... We don't yeah, know. Yeah, who knows? Yep. Yeah. Well, should we take a break? Yeah. Yes. And come back with the card? Yeah. That Let's sounds do that. very good. We will be right back. Well, that's right. Before we uh, leave a galaxy far, far away and headed into the final frontier, we're going to talk about our sponsors. First up, there is Guardian Games. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are simply one of the greatest game stores. Well, they're definitely one of the best in the city, but they may be some of the best in the country. So you definitely want to check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. You know, they have... um, the gaming space in the back where you can borrow uh, you can borrow games, such board games, see if you actually like them. All you have to do is like leave your ID at the front 
and you can test out hundreds of different board games before you uh, drop some money on them. And then don't forget, they are still taking sign-ups for the Dungeons & Dragons Kids Summer Camp. All camps run from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. They have, I believe, five different camps throughout the summer. I think it's like late June, July, through August. To get more details, go to facebook.com forward slash ggportland. Or you can also just, you have to do it in store anyway, so just go by the shop, take your kid in there, um, if they're into D&D or what have you, and sign up for summer camp. The uh, ages are from 10 to 15, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I wish there was a D&D summer camp when I was that age, but, um, you know, wasn't allowed because of the devil. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so anyway, check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street, and if you do sign your kid up, say, hey, I heard about this on Geek in the City Radio. And then next up is Rev Nat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider. The thing I want to mention today is that Rev Nat will be at the Hood River Cider Fest this Saturday, April 29th, pouring some ciders. And I will be there as well, working for the good Reverend, although I don't think he'll be there. It'll just be me and other cool people. It's um, anyone can go 21 and over is, is I think 10 bucks just to get in 21 and under or under 21 is free, but cause they can't, you know, try cider. So why pay to get in? Um, and then they have a tasting package and a grand tasting package. You can find out all about that, of course, at the uh, Hood River Cider Fest, which is just hoodriverciderfest.com. It runs this Friday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And Reverend Nats will be there pouring some samples. In fact, I will be the one pouring some samples. So, you know, come check us out. And, you know, if you see anybody wearing a Reverend Nats shirt or you see that booth, go over there and say like, hey, I know you because I listen to Geek in the City Radio. That would be cool. Let's get back to it right now. Right. So all of those really fun jokes and ad-libbing I was doing, it was for an audience of two. My two friends. Yay. Yay for us. Sorry, listeners. Everyone else, get chuffed. (laughs) That doesn't mean what I think you think it means. It doesn't. I know. (laughs) Don't do that. Oh, my God. Anyway. I hate this American life wet mouth. That's the name of the episode. This American life's wet Wet mouth. mouth. And I wonder why I couldn't get this show on KBU. Well, why did I want to? It'd probably be the lead up into. Hey, welcome back. We're going to talk about Star Trek. Yeah. Card season three, AKA the final season. Redirecting. Oh boy. Who's going to start? I mean, look, I already said I'm in the bag for this show to begin with. And nostalgia is a hell of a drug. But I also think it was a very well-done season regardless, though. I so. don't think it was a nostalgia-centric as as everyone expected it would be the moment they said, we're bringing back the, the old cast. Yeah, they did not go as fan servicey as they could have, which was probably good. When they did it, it served the story. I I think that if they had, I'm not sure that any of the cast members would have signed up. You know what? You're right. They were like, we either treat this as the goodbye we never got to do, the one last voyage, or we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Also, we want, there needs to be growth in our characters, or fuck it. Right. And, and there were a goodly number of flashback scenes, 
but they were for shit we've never seen before. Yeah. And for shit you needed for the story. Yes. They weren't just to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they were, they're drawing parallel lines between yeah. then and now and, you know, how they learned and how they're going to apply that information today to save right. themselves from uh, contracting nebula. Yeah. From the Borg. I At no point did I feel like we were getting rehashed or lukewarm versions of Jordy or Data or Riker or Troy or Crusher. It was yeah. no that this. I'm glad to see that the years have changed you, right? And that because of that, your characters are as interesting or more interesting than they were in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would gladly play par- pay Paramount money for. A show starring Worf and Rafi. I'm, yes. Uh, well, like, if Legacy happens, I don't think we've sen- seen the end of Worf. Legacy is happening. I think Legacy is happening. Uh, like that. It's like how they kept saying, "Like, well, there might be a Pike show. We're gonna mm-hmm. keep thinking about it. You keep supporting it." No, they they've they've all. No, they teased the Pike show for a lot. Like it was uh, like the actors were like, "Whoa, you never no, know." Yeah, that's I, what I mean. The same thing that's happening with Legacy now. They've said it's going to happen. They just haven't made like there's been no huge fan. Paramount fan. hasn't yeah. said it. True. Um, the two main producers have said yes. That's right. But um, Kurtzman, Kurtzman yeah. has said it. But as yeah. we know, Paramount has, is shit about like promoting and they have their issues sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but the, their issues as of since 2019 have not been giving money to the people that are making Star Trek. Because yeah. once Discovery was on the books and made them money, like it Kurtzman, was Kurtzman has said, it's like, they went, this is great. We look forward to the season next year. And it wasn't until I went, oh, this is an 18th month production schedule. It's not yeah. next year. It's in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. They went, well, what are we going to do? We need more Star Trek. Funny you should say that. Good news. I have a bunch of other shows that I'd like to produce. Here's a bag of money. Yeah. I, I still feel like somewhere years ago, Paramount was like, man, I wish we had like a shared universe of Disney buying Lucasfilm. That sure would be great. <laughs> and someone went, you own all of Star Trek and you don't have to share it with anyone. Dill holes. It's not like there's a Lucasfilm version of Star Trek. Nope. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the season and was also the guy who invented it, but also kind of sucks is dead. So, like, who's gonna fucking get mad at you if you yeah, do we'll it just... the way he if you do it the way he doesn't like? Look, let's make his kid an EP and cut him a check every month. <laughs> you know, but... yeah, that seems to be working so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rod's fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. Whatever. Yeah, um, it's not like he's ever gonna complain about something. And by his own admission, he said, like, look, I know my dad wasn't perfect. So, anyway. That's why neither here nor there when it comes to um, Star Trek Season 3 of Picard was... It it did take me a bit to get into. Oh, it didn't for me. I was on... I was in it immediately. I'm curious Um, because earlier in the season, you had said, you're like, oh, man, I love this person's storyline and this person's storyline way better than I like whatever it is they're doing with Picard. Um, Before... I I was probably less than halfway through this season uh, at that point, but I'm curious... I was gonna... I was looking forward to seeing how you felt about it now that it's made it through to the end. Do you remember which ones I was less... I was more interested in? Just other characters' arcs. 
at oh. that point it was probably the shit going on with Rafi. Um, and the, I, I want to say the stuff with Jack. Cause like you could tell pretty early on that like, Oh, something's up with Jack. I was more curious something's about what's the thing. What's the thing with Jack? Like, what is it? Don't like, know if we'll ever get him back. No. Um, like what's his MacGuffin? What's the, what, I mean, what's the mystery behind him? So right. maybe I had more fun trying to unpack that mystery. Um, and by episode three, I was just team Shaw the whole way. I liked him the first time I saw him because I kind of loved that he put Riker and Picard in their place. Oh, man. It's, I loved it. Uh, it's one thing to like put somebody in their place and be like, look, just because you guys are fucking heroes and legends doesn't mean you can just show up anywhere and like pull the rug <laughs> out from under me on my own ship. Yeah. He's absolutely right about that. But he was such a dick. At he first. was. He was like, above and beyond like. Oh, I like I answered my own question as though he had a personal vendetta against them already. Right. Yep. Which we do eventually learn and he, he did. did. I, I, I just love... watched that scene where he's talking to Jack in the fake ten in the in the fake ten forward, the guy mm-hmm. one on Earth. Yep. When he's like, you know what your dad was doing during this fight? You know where your dad was? And he goes, he does that point at him. He was the one killing us. Um. Oh my god, his arc is lead Borg ship. Yeah, well, the only ship. Yeah, but yeah. Um, was it was it forty ships against one Borg cube? It was the fleet. It was the fleet. The fleet that Borg could get cube. to Wolf three five nine and the cube. Yeah, I I have no notes about Liam Shaw. Mm-mm. Like that entire arc is was, a whole ass arc. I saw yep. I saw people prior to his death that have to live this life and I get why they're angry. We're starting to get angry at the character and the writers that Shaw kept dead naming seven of nine, essentially. And I was like, it shouldn't make you mad. You should also know why he's doing it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a good thing, but it's not because he or the writers are trying to be mean. There's a reason he does it. You don't have to like it. But you also can't expect a character to pivot in one episode. That's not character growth. That's not how story works. Right. No. Now that it's all said and done, everyone can see that the reason he had to be such a fucking ass in the beginning is so that he can, you know, learn that, you know, things are nuanced and that people, you know, deserve respect regardless of, yeah, you know, whatever your personal... He, yep quibbles with them might be he had to go through nine episodes of growth so that his mm-hmm. last dying breath was the ship is yours captain seven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that's what he had to go through um todd stashwick i want to name him specifically yes. he played liam shaw he's also great in 12 monkeys i cannot recommend that show enough I, i've heard that this is also not the first time we've seen todd stashwick in star trek Mm-mm. did he do a star trek before he was a Romulan operative from Enterprise. That's right. Huh. You know what that means, Bean? It's been a long road. Oh, my God. I didn't was not setting you up for that. But anyway. I appreciate that because between him and my husband, it never stops. I, By I the know. way, can we point out that during Frontier Day, the anthem for the Federation's Frontier Day is Archer's theme? Yeah. Burn it all down. Yeah, God damn right. I was honestly, Chris and I, I was honestly expecting a musical version of Faith of the Heart. I was really waiting for that. And it's not. It's Archer's theme, which is fine. Okay, good. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Todd Stashwick is 
is great. Like he was fantastic in this. Motherfucker, he's Draken? Yeah. He's Dr. Draken? Oh. Yeah. Also a huge gaming nerd. Yes. He Oh, he was Dr. Draken in the live action. There's a live action? What? Kim, are Kim you... Possible. Uh... I'm losing my shit over Kim Possible. So, uh, did you okay. see I the makeup of him? Understand that... I've, never, I've never seen it. So, um I don't know who that is, but I'm, I'm glad that the You've never is. seen Kim Possible? No. No, I think that show was out when I was in my 20s. Yeah, it was out in my 30s, and I watched it. I watched it with zero shame. Zero shame. When, I watched when I Kim Possible. When I was in my 20s, I, I forgot they did a live action close one. to my, my little cousins who were, you know, like elementary school age, and that's what they watched. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I'm like, that's that's a baby show for babies. I'm not watching that. I'm watching baby show. <laughs> um, but it must be good because there's whole drag performances based around it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So anyway, we should probably yeah back to Todd Stash. <laughs> yes, he is a huge nerd. He's a huge fan of Star Trek. So he's. He's is just as excited to be on the bridge of the ship and be a part of this. Uh, and I think where we really got to see that is in uh, Captain Shaw's moment where he meets Jordy LaForge and uh, Commodore LaForge. Com- Commodore LaForge. Mm, yes. And the grease monkey from Chicago is like, <laughs> this is the best engineer in Starfleet. I'm going to lose my shit right now. Yeah. I'm going to lose all my shit. This was, I'm I, so I, sorry. My ship looks so bad right now commodore i don't normally keep it like this i promise i keep it dipped off shape yeah i polish the warp drive myself with a toothbrush and i like how jordy says if this wasn't an end of the universe thing i would love to geek out with you about engines and yep. starships all and he goes okay yep. i'm convinced that he was inspired by chris farley's uh skit in snl when he interviews people mm-hmm. like when he interviews paul mccartney remember when you were in the beatles that was awesome <laughs> Um, pardon me. Yeah, that was pretty great. There were so many little things that I don't know made the series feel a little bit more special, and maybe that it made it special if you have been there with these characters since the beginning, or maybe if you discovered them into adulthood and they've mm-hmm. still meant something to you. Little things, how like um, Slavar Burton's daughter's uh, Misha Barton. Yep. How like she didn't realize that when she like stands at ease, she does the similar, a similar hand position as um, LeVar Burton does and didn't realize it because she's always behind him on those shots until like, I think the director said, Hey, look at this and asked her, are you doing this on purpose? That's a cool character choice. And she's like, no, that's just how I would stand. And like watching LeVar Burton tear up and then she tears up. You know, she mentions like they even did that. The ready room when she talks about like the first time, like my dad saw me in the uniform. He started to cry because like, you know, and now they carpooled every day together. Even if his call time was hours later, he's like, when am I ever going to get to do this again? Right. Right. Also, you guys, I didn't know that that was his real daughter. The engineer. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. his real daughter. Oh, my God. Human, so, actual human tears. Yeah, the two. Oh, and the woman that plays his other daughter apparently is now like, they're like, we had her over for Thanksgiving. Like, no, she's. They've she, adopted She's her. basically my sister. Yeah, that is Ashiel Sharp Chestnut. Yeah. Um, Sydney LaForge. Um, 
Yeah, the two LaForge girls crash LaForge. Yeah, are not. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> they're not actually related, but they they have come to like. Oh yeah, you're part of the family now. Yeah, that is so goddamn precious. Yeah, I don't know how or why, but I am glad that this is been rising more and more and more with more eyes on Star Trek. They've all kind of adopted this. It's like, no, you've been on Star Trek, your family now. Mm-hmm. You, you've yeah. been on the ship. You know what it's like. Like you have served in Starfleet. You're part of the family. And, yeah. and it's every, like every actor has said this. Um, and like, Stashwick has has been. It's like, yeah, they just. They, I'm I'm now, I'm part of the Star Trek yeah. family. And uh, Metallus has said that if they do Legacy, mm-hmm. he's like, there is. A, we have come up with a way to bring Shaw back, and it's not the way you think. Cool, but there is a way we could have him back. Hmm. So I mean, whatever, that'd be cool. Yeah, Legacy. Like I, I appreciated how they wrapped everything up. Um, I'm glad that Amanda Plummer was the bulk of the villain (laughs) in the series because if it had just rushed to the, it's the Borg, I would have gone, (sighs) yeah, again? And I liked this type. I liked this spin on the Borg where she knows, like, we're dying. And, And it makes sense. It's like, okay, so that means this was the end of that Borg, which is why we saw a different Borg in that they interacted with in season two. Mm. Yeah. Which is essentially an alternate timeline Borg. Yep. They pretty much said like, that's what it is. Yep. And and it's now headed by Agnes Girardi. Yeah. Like, great. Love that for them. That they'll get along fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, I I had fun trying to unpack mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I did that thing that writers will often fall victim to. And I should have known better going into it as I tried to make it too clever. The mm-hmm. whole thing of like, you know, when Metallus is like, they're not hiding in a nebula. And I'm like, otherwise, like, oh, is it fluidic space that they conquer mm-hmm. speed? Is that what? And like, no, it's Jupiter. I'm like, well, fuck, that also makes sense. And it's, <laughs> it's way easier, less convoluted. It does yeah. not require backstory. Mm-hmm. It's, also, right. it's also right next door. Also right next door. Yep. It's like, well, yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. I can see Earth from here. Yeah. Um, it was it was like an it was it was the goodbye that I feel like the cast and the fans I always hate to say like deserved or earned because that creates a sense of entitlement. Yeah. But you always felt kind of robbed by Nemesis. To me, if they had ended with all good things and we never got movies, okay, because they literally they go off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, you knew they were gonna get movies, but if they didn't. That's not a bad send-off. Sure. Nemesis is a god-awful send-off for that yes, cast. It is. It's awful. And you always felt cheated. And you felt as a fan, and just from narratively, you're like, you just felt cheated. Mm-hmm. I I think it's I think it it's fair to say that we were given this gift um mm-hmm. uh, of this ending without going into it's like we earn, uh, you know, we've earned it as fans, or we deserve it as fans. It's like no, but it, it is certainly done with the intent to, um, with the fans in mind. 
yeah, it's created and produced and acted by people who kind of all felt the same way as fans. Even the yep. actors that were like, had to be convinced to come back to Star Trek. Even like Michael Dorn was like, once I saw where they were going and I realized, oh, this was the send off that I didn't know I needed to as yeah. a performer with this character. Fuck. Um, he had some of the best lines in this season. Him and I know you're fine without having a Riker thing, but I would love to just give me like a quick little, like, I don't know, want a little, a quick little half hour vignette of those two just interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And I will join and make it a three way. Yes. <laughs> Threesome. <laughs> Threesome. Even listen to yourself. <laughs> um, it was great. His arc was. Um... It was pretty sad. Wharfs? No, no. Oh, Rikers. Um, that, go ahead. It was strange because, you know, you know, we, we visit them on their current the home planet first in season, season one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're sad, but they seem to have kind of dealt with it, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in as much as one can uh, with the loss of a child. But um so I yeah I didn't expect it to be this to, for him to have this story arc of like yeah man I just I was dead inside and that was killing my wife so I left. Yep. I also arc for him. I also didn't expect the part when she says I tried to shield you from the pain with my abilities and he oh, says man. that wasn't fair you never let me grieve for our son. Yeah. You That's took right. that away I'd from me. About that. And I'm like and I can see both, like, as these characters, both doing something out of a desire to love and protect the other, mm-hmm. and they're harming each other doing it. Yep. You know? I think that was... that. They've always had a, you know, tumultuous... But that's not... I don't think that was a tumultuous moment. That was, we have both been through so much, what can I do to ease it? And in doing that, you made it worse. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that, that is part of, you know, a tumultuous relationship. Like, okay. It's like, you know... Sometimes you mean well, but you're still making it worse. Sure. I I do think that um, that initially is kind of what we put me off the series at the very beginning is that I felt like, like I recognize these characters, but they are acting wildly out of character. Mm. And then that became, you're all acting wildly out of character because you no longer have a roadmap of how you're supposed to treat one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I'll I give you that because you don't know that you're all kind of dicks at times. Right. Or yeah. you lack that rudder. There's even a part, I, some of Worf's actions and a lot of the characters in this final season of Picard made me think of an episode of DS9. I think it's right before like the invasion of DS9 and Worf's on the station and he doesn't know his place. He doesn't know where he belongs. Right. And he's talking to O'Brien and he's like, did you ever, and they were talking about basically best of both worlds at Ascension and Worf was like, we're, you know, those were good times. And O'Brien's like, are you kidding me? Like it was chaotic. I didn't know anything. And he was like, no, we had a goal. We were like warriors of old. Like I had a path and he doesn't have one in this, in, in that, that arc of DS9 for all. And a lot of the characters, that's where we meet them in Picard. I mm-hmm. mean, we first see Beverly in Picard and a, the first time you see her, it's weird to see basically like, I'm going to shoot you in the face crusher mm-hmm. where she's got a phaser that she pumps like a shotgun and disintegrates you. 
Um, and it felt jarring until yeah, you realize why. Phaser. That's a disruptor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very jarring until mm-hmm. you basically, she's like, I'd already lost one son mm-hmm. to Starfleet again. Mm-hmm. And now I had the actual son of legendary Jean-Luc Picard. He was ne- he was always going to be the soft target to get you. So I've been on the run, didn't tell you forever, and I did whatever it took to keep him alive. Yeah, she's had a hard 20-something years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that part where she's running tactical spoilers in the final episode and the first time they do the strafing run, mm-hmm. and she's just like, pop, and she's just tagging that cube. And they stop and look they at her. They all like, look back at her, what? and she's like, it was an interesting 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> They all look at him like, damn. It's like, did, did you just unload everything we have? Uh-huh. That was yeah, great. I, I, for the most part, I appreciated the way that the characters were different than you expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's been 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And we don't yet know all of the things that they've been up to in that time. Right. Except for kind of the card? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, kind of. And it's the same with when Worf is reintroduced is he's not, he seems like the opposite end of the spectrum where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm now at peace. Yeah. I, I have a regular purpose. I am doing this thing. I am a subcontractor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yes. Yeah. He has, uh, he's gone to therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slayer of Gaura. Much to the annoyance. And of I have Rafi. prepared chamomile tea. Do you want sugar? <laughs> <laughs> that whole, sp- the introduction, that's where I went. This, this is the show I want. I just want a Rafi and Wharf show. <laughs> yeah. He, he became fun mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in this iteration. And I, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I ever disliked Wharf or found him uninteresting. I don't think that that's correct. But I don't know that I ever found him to be fun. Right. And most of the time, if there was laughter around Worf, the character, it was at him. Yeah, Yeah. because he was so off. He he was the perennial straight man in every single And and also like the perennial, um, like, I don't belong in this culture and I don't belong in this culture either. Like, no matter which way you try to identify, you're always going to be odd man out. Weirdly enough, it really wasn't until his relationship with Jadzia mm-hmm. where she kind of called him out on that. She's like, "Will you stop? <laughs> like, I get it. You're an honor. You want to. You want to practice the old ways, but you know what? We're on a space station on the edge of a wormhole. I can't actually make this wax from melting down the lard of this one fucking animal. So we're gonna get replicated. Deal with it." <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, "All right, <laughs> you know." <laughs> you know, yeah, and he's also not living in a Klingon community yeah that's it's, it's yeah, just yeah. not no one you else know. is doing it this way you're just being uh, no um what well, is stubborn all, like i don't know I, I, there, there is something to be to said his, for hanging on yeah well, to, it's part of he's connecting with his culture the only way that he knew how yeah and even though it's a fun line in picard i think it's the first time he acknowledges son to I forgot the parents' full names, but to son to Sergei Rushenko. Sergei Rushenko. It's the first time really? he includes them along with Worf, son of Moog, House Martok, son of Rushenko. Like it's the first time he acknowledges son that. Son of Sergei. Son of, of Sergei. Sergei. House yeah. of Rushenko. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sergei, who is a uh Sergei, who is a uh what is it? Uh, don't call me sir. I used to work for a living. I yeah. was an enlisted. He was a chief also. Yeah. Don't call me sir. Classic. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was a CPO. Mm-hmm. Also, 
the the phaser in the bat lift. Yep. First off, that well, it's a it's a met lift or something. Yeah. It's a oh. weird. It's a different weapon they oh. made just for this. Fuck. I didn't realize it was so heavy. <laughs> Pull the handle. You had a phaser the whole time. And I just thought swords, swords are, are fun. fun. Well, he's not wrong. Yeah. No. Like, like I said. Fun. But also just the fact that he would make a choice, not just because like, oh, no, this is the weapon of my people. No, because it's more fun than a phaser. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> what, yeah. Worf had a lot of growth. Like, clearly. It, 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 we got to see it because we knew what he was like before. The fact that his last act on screen is hugging Rafi. It's like, he mm-hmm. hates hugs. He, hate, he, <laughs> he never hates to get hugs. I don't know. For me, it was just the fact that like he's the one who has to talk down this hot-headed person who just wants to like just like sure. go in. Yeah, guns ablazing. But that yeah. But Cable, you're right. That last moment with Rafi, I was like, he's gonna hug her. Like, yeah, I saw it like five seconds. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna hug her. And as I remember thinking, like, did this that. is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> like. That that's again like these. But he also hugged everybody else when you know. When no, they, all... they hugged. They hugged him. him. He has never instigated a hug. Mm, okay. Warp is not people a people hug Warp. That's not to say that hug people. Klingons don't hug. They are a passionate. I people. hear you. I yeah. understand. You know, there's that line in TNG where when you know he's like talking to guy and Klingons don't laugh. He's like, no, you don't laugh. It's like <laughs> I have learned Klingon. I have heard Klingons give belly laughs that'll knock your socks off. Yep, curl your hair in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that that moment of Worf hugging Rafi is the same kind of tiny moment that says so much, like Paz Vizsla going, I'm with Bo-Katan. Yeah. Oh, yay, you're with her. And it's like, oh, you you don't know what the fuck that just did. <laughs> that yeah. just did, undid 40 years of anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, and it's, you know, it's super clever. It made me go, oh, shit. It made me go back and go all the way back to, like, first contact. I kind of love how they pulled off the Borg this time without making me think, like, come on, that's bullshit. With the Borg developing basically biological coding. Yep. Totally makes sense. Because I never realized in Voyager, unless Seven was plugged in, she didn't hear the collective. Nope. Mm-hmm. The only one who's ever heard him out of the collective has been Picard in fucking first contact. So like they made it work. They didn't make me think like you pulled that out of your ass. I'm like, well, you did, but you made it work through what's already been established. Yeah. So nicely done. Canonical techno battle. Yeah, sure. You can be outlandish as you want, as long as you follow your own rules. And when mm-hmm. you break yeah. them, you got to make it make sense yeah, to sure. break it. And they did. Um. So speaking of seven, let's talk about seven. I'm so happy for Captain Seven. Considering that this series is really, like, as much as it has been about Picard, it has been about Seven of Nine. Because she's, she's one of the characters in in Star Trek that just, like, just really got done dirty, right? Um, She was, I mean, there's no arguing with the fact that when she was brought on to Voyager, she was brought on as eye candy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe people, to Paul had it worse. To, they were the equally actress, treated that. But, what people oh didn't God. expect was that Jerry Ryan had acting chops. That's what I mm. think caught people off guard. And there's a and there's a whole other episode. Of, there's a whole other show we could do about what happened with her and Kate and Mulgrew during the show. I'm sure they're buddies now, but mm-hmm. they were kind of played off each other by producers, mm-hmm. and it was ugly. 
And it was a shitty thing for Berman and Braga to do. Mm. Shocking no one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by the end of Voyager, she'd really come into her own as an interesting character. Um, so the whole idea of the Fenris ring, that was all cool. That all worked. Um, I love that also clearly Riker doesn't realize that she and Picard have gone on adventures already. Because when because when Seven unloads on her, she's like, just what the hell are you doing? And she just tears into Picard. And he's like, whoa, out of line. You're speaking to an admiral. And she's like, I'm talking to a friend who's out of line. Mm-hmm. And then Riker has a look of like, oh. It's like, okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to shut the fuck up then. Um, Like, it's been genius pairing having her part of Picard's story so much because... Um, Because the out of all of Starfleet, they're the two former Borg. Right. And that's true. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I didn't think about it until she showed up in season one. As soon as she was on screen, I'm like, fuck, why didn't this ever dawn on me before? It's like, of course you would pair these characters. They're both Borg. When she w- walks in and is like, yeah, I, I know you as both Picard and Locutus. It's like, I know... Like, I know your service record is as... But I heard you in yeah. my mind at one time as, as Locutus. She would have known Locutus before she knew When Picard. did she leave the collective? By Voyager. And Voyager didn't start until TNG was like two years off the air. Okay. So yeah, she would yeah, have heard... She was, she was part of the collective when She was he... a child. Yes. Mm-hmm. When she, she would heard. have heard the voice of Locutus in her mind. So I think when she first meets Picard, she's like, yeah, I, I know you. Yeah. yeah. I've heard you. I've heard you since I was a child, basically, in my mind. And they both have relationships with the board. Queen. I don't know why that never occurred to me See? when I had said before, like earlier. I think I even said it on air. I'm like, I don't like when would they have met? And like, why would they have become friends? Doi. They're they, trauma bonded. They, yeah, they are. They're 100 percent trauma bonded. They became friends through season one of Picard. Through because, Hugh. Yeah. Who Picard saw as a friend and Seven saw as like a family member. Okay, I, I remember them already having an established relationship when we see them together for the first time in Picard. No, not, maybe no. not close, close. They've no, they have like clearly they heard of now. each other. He would yep. have heard of Seven of Nine. She you know who Jean-Luc Picard is. Right. Yeah. Everybody knows. But they never met. They had okay. never met until mm-hmm. that. That's that's I, I didn't remember that. And it's why it call him Locutus in season one. She mm-hmm. calls him Locutus when they are talking later in his quarters. But when she come when she beams onto his ship, she calls him Picard. Okay, that's right. When they're talking, she's like, "I knew I've known you as yeah." yeah. Like because she is seven of nine, she knows well enough that she's not going to call him Locutus. She's like, "You're not Locutus." I know who Locutus is. Mm. Yeah. That was when you were Borg. You're not currently Borg. Mm-hmm. We're, we're right. not going to do that. Their paths are different. Yeah. But, Which is interesting because she still wants to be known as Seven of Nine. Because she, she has been Seven of Nine longer than she was Annika Hansen. Yeah. And she has integrated that part of her existence as being her. Mm. Which is why you've never... I think they've even brought up in Voyager before. Like, you know we could remove these. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want you to. Right. This is what I am. 
Actually, I think they can't. They can't? I thought they could. Uh, they got they removed everything that they could. Everything that is still part of her is integrated too closely to her actual organs that it would kill her to remove them. Oh, I thought like in the final season they had figured it out and she's like, no. No, she's used... I, 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 I thought... No, I mean, that's fine. I, yeah, yeah, I think. I seem to remember, for whatever the fuck that's worth, um, that at some point they did say, like, you know, the technology has advanced and we, we could remove those now if you wanted to. That's Maybe in Picard tr- they had true. mentioned yeah. That. Yeah. And, and, and that at that point she declined. Right. Because they are part of who she is. God, I don't, we should wrap up soon. I just yep. realized. Um, I think it goes a long way to say that we all enjoyed Picard season three for yes. various reasons. And if if Star Trek, like, I thought Star Trek Legacy was, I didn't know what it was going to be before. I thought it was just, oh, we're going to rehash stuff. If it is fucking Captain Seven of Nine and the crew of the Enterprise G. Rafi and I'm du- Jack. Yes. And okay. Hell yeah. And Crash. Uh, Crash, and then I always forgot her name. The woman, the, the any the, of the LaForge, the girls. alien that's got like kind of ridges and kind of green veins. Yeah, I don't remember her name. I don't either. Um, I remember Tavel because we, we just she called gets her Angina, disintegrated, which was a real bummer. Uh, her <laughs> character's name is Ensign Esmar. Yeah, and, and then they're gonna bring back whatevers. Sure. I mean. Uh, yeah, we can't go into it now, but I'd love to talk about how I was not looking forward to seeing Data back again, and now I actually like this final incarnation. Yeah. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about I know, about I love it, a Data that knows, like, no, I'm happy I'm aging. I'm happy that I'm going to die. Like, I have finally yep. done it. I have finally done what needed to be done. I am the, I am the perfection of Soong's vision. Yep. And It I... was just really fun to get to see that character emote. Mm-hmm. He, he has played other characters that are just somehow connected to the data character but data himself getting to emote yeah yes yeah he's got one of my favorite lines in the series when he's in the shot with jordan he says i hope we die quickly (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it was it was it was wonderful it was a good ending it was um which is what we need to do now yeah june 15th can't get here soon enough i know stranger world season two (sighs) Uh, nice. But with that, I am Aron Doran. I am Binarita. And I am Cable Hashitani. We will talk to everybody next week. Hi. Swords are fun. Swords are fun. <laughs>